girl, tell him bring a whole pound for us. All your girl, tell him bring a whole pound of blunts. All the hate that was sent didn't amount to much. Look at all we done. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Look at all we done. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Look at all we done. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. And we're here for episode 26, the last episode of season Batman. And we haven't really been talking much about season Batman this this season, or really why it's called season Batman. So I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity to still not explain why it's called season Batman <laughs> and just keep you wondering. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll explain in the show notes or something, but I probably won't. Um, so uh, we're back again for the last episode of the season. Um, and we're here with some guests, uh, Mattis and Joe from District Zero X. And I'm also joined by my co-host, Dr. Corey Petty. Dr. Corey Petty, hit him with the vocals. What's up, guys? Always happy to be part of the Block Channel. If you want to hear more of me, just come check out the Bitcoin podcast. Boom. Thanks for that, Petty. And like I said, um, we're joined this week by Mattis and Joe um, from District Zero X. And if you hadn't heard of District Zero X, you should really check out their website. It's a really, really sexy website. Um, but uh, but meanwhile, while you go ahead and open up districtzerox.io in your web browser, um, I'm going to go ahead and start the conversation with these two gentlemen. Um, so, Joe, let's let's have you go first. Let's have you introduce yourself to the audience and give us a briefer or or you know an elongated story, whichever you feel is necessary. Uh, on your background uh, and sort of like how you ended up in the crypto space uh, working on the projects you are right now. Hey guys, I'm Joe. Um, my, so my background, I actually dropped out of college about two weeks in to start playing professional poker. <laughs> Did that for about seven years. Um, if, if, if you are familiar with poker in the U.S., it got shut down essentially about five, six years ago now, um, and pretty much all your money was seized by the FBI if you had money on poker stars at full tilt, and it took a while to get back. So that whole process kind of turned me on to Bitcoin. Um, I sort of went down this rabbit hole, decided I wanted to work in the industry, spent a brief time at a hedge fund, um, and still kept exploring Bitcoin, decided I want to work for a company in the space, apply for Coinbase, spent about three years there as an operations manager, um, eventually left to start a recruiting firm it's focusing on Ethereum-based projects called Sorcerers. Um, and then, yeah, have for the last five, six months now, have uh, me and Mattis have been working on together on District Zero X, getting things prepared for, for our launch, and that's uh, that's my story. You're, you're the one that works on ETHLANTS too, right? Yes. Okay, so cool, Matt, cool. Matt has built ETHLANTS. That's actually... I uh, came across ETHLANS as probably the third or fourth user, I believe, to sign up. And um, yeah, got in touch with Mattis because I thought it was awesome. And we went from there. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, now that we're talking about Mattis, Mattis, it's your turn, buddy. So go ahead and bless us uh, with a briefer <laughs> on, on your background and your history. And tell us how you ended up in this crazy crypto world. <clears throat> okay, hi, everybody. My name is Matush. And uh, so, yeah, I got into software development uh, at high school, and it very quickly became the only subject I cared about in school. But uh, later, I went to computer science college, but I dropped out like after two months because I found out that academia isn't really my thing. So uh, uh, yeah, I kicked off a career as a software development developer, and um, yeah, I, I worked on 
on-site jobs for about two or three years. And then I started freelancing. And uh, so, yeah, a few years later, I discovered Ethereum actually a few days before DAOHack, which made it extra confusing for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, what's this Ethereum thing? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, but I still got very excited and I went, wanted to develop dubs. So I, I first made some like a lottery or something for practice. And then I actually, as a, as a freelancer, I wanted to earn money in Ether. But yeah, there was no platform back then for that. And I also felt like I want to practice more doing dubs. So I came up with Ethlands, um, which is, yeah, basically like Upwork. Uh, built on Ethereum. Uh, so after a few months, I, I released it uh, in January this year. And yeah, the the Joe was probably one, yeah, one of the very first users. And it was actually a funny story because I, I posted on Reddit the like, like hey guys, I, I made this dub, check it out. But I got no upvotes or anything. Because, you know, I, it was blocked or something. I had some bad karma on my account or something. <laughs> but, 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 but Joe saw it. And, and, and he, he reposted it and, and then it took off. Like, Good from, old repost, so, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so, so then it took off from his post. And yeah, he, he was very excited about this project. Probably, probably still most excited users to user to this day <laughs> so so yeah we stayed in touch since then pretty much every day and and yeah I can brainstorm about new ideas and came up with this trick zero eggs and now we're here <laughs> all right so let's let's take that and move towards exactly what is district zero x like what what problem are you solving in the ethereum community and how do you kind of see district zero x placing its flag in this community and how, how like what, what community are you building? And yeah. Maki, I really like your name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, uh, District Zero X, it's really, uh, it's a network of decentralized marketplaces, uh, powered by Ethereum, Aragon and IPFS. Um, so markets on the network, which are referred to as districts, they're all built upon this shared framework, which is comprised of Ethereum smart contracts and front end libraries, which, uh, provide the functionality necessary to operate really any sort of communal marketplace. So a service like an Airbnb or an eBay or an Uber, or even a Reddit with payments. Um, I mean, they all have the same core functionalities of, of providing users, users with the ability to post and list, um, to search and filter through those postings, to rank and give reputation to other users on the platform, and to do payments, um, which is really the core functionality of ETHLANCE. ETHLANCE itself is powered by 14 smart contracts which make up the back end, which is the inspiration for this framework or the model for this framework that we're building called District Zero X Infra, which will power all uh, markets on this network. But yeah, in terms of what, what uh, District Zero X is trying to solve, um, so I mean, all the aforementioned platforms that are like uh, Airbnb or Uber, uh, eBay, they all, they've all done a good job of harnessing the powers of decentralization and network effects to really offer us better user experiences and lower costs than we had access to in the past. But like the governance decisions and financial success of these platforms are restricted to a few, um, especially with all the, them all being private except for uh, eBay. Um, so really we want to put the powers like that are afforded by network effects into the hands of the users of the networks themselves 
Uh, we're trying to build a community of open and decentralized marketplaces that are controlled by their users. So um, yeah, when I say that, what I mean is every time a market gets deployed to the District 0x network, a corresponding Aragon entity gets created where all the market's governance processes will occur. Mm. Um, and to facilitate this open participation, uh, we inter we're introducing the District 0x network token, which allows holders to stake their tokens to any district of their choosing in exchange for voting shares in that district, um, or exchange mm. for that, in, in exchange for voting shares in that district's Aragon entity, I should say. Um, and those voting shares are used in Aragon to come to consensus on everything from district's code of conduct to the ways they choose to monetize to how any revenue that they generate is utilized, really. Um, so yeah, that's what we're trying to build. We're trying to kind of put the hands of these, these platforms, which are harnessing the powers of network effects back into the hands of the network themselves. So, so basically you're like, each little district is like its own tiny little like tribe with its own little like, economic policy and very much, very much so okay okay cool 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 so if i'm like a if i'm like an artist or if i'm like a particular type of crypto trader or something like that like i can set up a particular type of community that's like specific to my own like type of users that i want to invite into the district is that kind of what you're trying to go for yep exactly oh. Awesome. And you wouldn't you wouldn't even need to invite them necessarily. They could just find your find your district, decide that it's something that interests them and they want to participate in, and they can choose to stake their tokens to it. That's excellent. So by staking their tokens, like how how tell me a little bit more about how you would imagine um, Aragon sort of like tying into this a little bit. Yeah. So well, every time a district gets launched on on the network or created, <laughs> um, a corresponding Aragon entity will be deployed to the Aragon network. Mm -hmm. um, and like the so the staking interface that we're building, it will just allow users to stake their tokens at a, a essentially a one to one rate. Uh, one district zero network token would get you one voting share in the in the Aragon entity, um, and then via that entity, that's how all the governance would be managed, and that's that's where all the decision making processes would occur. In terms of the technical impl implementation, Mattis could probably give a bit more insight on that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah walk, I mean, walk us through the uh, the overall like kind of like general architecture here and like and, and what you're envisioning like working on and, and building in the future. Yeah, so after I made Eclans, uh, I actually realized that like a lot of uh, the code, even like smart contracts or front end, it's it's very general purpose and can be like used on any type of market. So this is like where the idea started. So so that that's what. Actually, yeah, I'm I'm working on I'm trying to abstract away this lot of this code that we can use on any type of di district and and even later we want to actually create UI so so non-technical users would be able to like uh, assemble in UI the type of modules or functionalities they want to use on their on their districts. Um, yeah, but this is a kind of like last phase of our project. Um, and yeah, as for Aragon, Aragon will have their own UI to create uh, uh, the staking functionalities, which yeah, which should be like inspired also with, with uh, proof of stake. So yeah, there will be features like you can't stake in or unstake instantly. You have to have some period, so you can't really abuse voting. Just, you know, just stake quickly and vote. Or something stupid, and then unstake way. Um, that's a that's like I really appreciate like something we were talking about before we started recording, 
was that you are taking advantage of the Aragon platform, which is, you know, we see all these ICOs popping up, making money, and it's nice to see people building on top of them. Is this something that you could have done before Aragon existed or because they existed, you're like, this is perfect for what we're trying to do. And, and, and on top of that, are there other kind of future platforms or future partnerships that you're looking into uh, adding into the districts? Yeah. So for a few months we thought, well, we really knew we wanted to do this platform model um, that allowed every, anyone to be able to participate in these districts, but we didn't really know how to do it from the technical side of things. I mean, like we knew we could, re- if we really wanted to, we could, we could build this sort of stuff, but it'd be a, it's like a full, it's a full-time project like, Ar- like it is for Aragon. Um, and Aragon's a very talented team. They've built something very, like very hard to do. So um, yeah, we weren't even really necessarily thinking of building that ourselves. And then one day um, I came across Aragon. Um, not sure where I was introduced to Luis, but um, I was instantly impressed by Luis and started looking at the technology and yeah, it really, it just struck me as like the the key piece of the the missing piece of the puzzle for what we were trying to build in terms of allowing people to actually participate in these districts. So, um, yeah, Aragon was really um, it, it was really an essential it's an essential piece to what we're what we're doing here. Um, in terms of other future partnerships, um, yeah, there's some, some cool stuff that we have in in the works right now. Um, so Zero X Project is um, a project that we're we're big fans of. Um, we're actually working on well. In a couple within the next few months, we hope to implement the ability for so on ETHLANS, for example, if the user is sending an invoice, um, we'd like to give them the ability to choose to receive that invoice paid in whatever tokens they want. So, say for example, they want to receive well, Aragon Network tokens, um, they should be able to set that in the invoice, and then the user on the other end can decide they want to pay in with maybe uh, Digix tokens, and then the user on the opposite end via zero X project or zero X protocols magic will. Get the token or get the user the tokens he actually wants. Um, also, looking at possibly building a an ex, uh, over-the-counter exchange utilizing the zero X pro, uh, protocol. Um, Decentraland is another project that we're big fans of that we've been talking to recently. We think that Decentraland is actually like the perfect opportunity for us to sandbox some of these markets that we see. Yeah, man, uh, yeah, that would that would make a lot of sense, actually. I'm just like sort of like thinking about that. I mean, each of those, you know, like little VR, like related like communities are going to need like other online communities to interact with each other when they're not in the world. And I would think districts, the little individual districts for each would make a lot of sense. Definitely. Like the uh, the, na- the nature of adjacency, though, of, of land in, in the central land, it will make certain pieces of, val- of land more valuable. I mean, just because of the... The parcels that it's next to and the content that they have in their parcels so if you think about that there's going to be naturally a market that's going to want to develop for the ability to sell or, or even rent this land out um and we see our pro- our core functionality is something that could really power like an airbnb so what better opportunity to really test that out than in a decentral world powered by ethereum um which is yeah exactly something that we hope to be able to do I hate how excited it gets me, <laughs> the, con- the concept of like a decentralized community and then like rolling its own decentralized like little governance and then that rolls into its own little decentralized VR world with its own little decentralized tribes and neighborhoods. Ah, oh, so fucking cool. Well, well, we like we started out. We started out this whole idea of what Ethereum is supposed to be, and like it, each each thing that we build on top of Ethereum is supposed to like add synergy and. Like everything is supposed to kind of continue to add value to everything else that's ever been built on top of it. But it's nothing has so far 
been doing that yet. And it's these types of projects that are bringing in together all the different types of projects that have been created. And then when you build on top of these things, you really see that synergy that we talked about where like when you add something, it already has the functionality that everything was already existing. And it's, it gets exciting to start to see these types of things come to fruition where like I can imagine myself operating in a lot of these different areas that are being enabled by platforms like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you guys may or may not have seen my, my DAP daily post, but I'm a huge, huge fanboy of pretty much everything going on in this space. Oh um, yeah. DAP daily oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. I, I, You guys, <laughs> you guys repost, you guys repost some of our posts and our stuff. So yeah, I follow that of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, so pretty much anything that cool that's going on in the space, I try to keep my, try to keep my eyes on and, and yeah, I mean, why, why, try to rebuild all the stuff ourselves when everyone else is building such cool stuff. And like you said, we could just interoper and build on top of each other. And yeah, it's, it's like the beauty of Ethereum. So in terms of like difficulties, what, what's some, what's some pretty bad catch-alls or like difficulties that you found in trying to build this platform? Um, where are the, where are the snags or potential maybe um, scaling problems we may see going on? Madison, want to take that one? Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is obviously many difficulties with all this because yeah, the Ethereum is a quite new thing. But uh, yeah, like right now, um, the Ethlands is is built uh, purely on Ethereum uh, blockchain, which which uh, yeah, I was doing it where the gas was pretty cheap and and Swarm didn't exist. So I decided to go that way, but now uh, as Ether went skyrocketed, the gas became quite costly. So now, now it's, uh, I wouldn't say in terms of scaling, it w- wouldn't be really uh, like feasible to keep it all on blockchain. So we will be migrating data to Swarm and, and use this kind of hybrid uh, when, when some data are stored in Swarm and some data are stored on blockchain. Uh, so yeah, those are type of difficulties. Uh, yeah, the main the main difficulty to think about always is is gas cost. I think yeah, because if you want to scale, you can't have like very pricey up, especially when when it's directly related to ether price, and mm-hmm. and it's expected to go up. So you must really think about how we make it cheap in terms of gas. Yeah, that's something that I've I've been thinking about lately. Is like it, we we've seen it almost play out really really bad in terms of Bitcoin. Is that as the price keeps skyrocketing or going higher and higher and higher, the usability or or underlying utility becomes more difficult to use. So like transaction fees go up really high. In terms of Ethereum, we have gas price going up really high, and doing very simple transactions become kind of more costly than we'd like. But we've also kind of seen Ethereum react accordingly and allowing um, the gas price to drop significantly so that even if the price goes up, we can still do simple transactions without paying too much money. Yeah, definitely. What do you see um, as far as uh, upcoming projects uh, for Ethereum um, playing the most, um, having the most, excuse me, having the most impact on you all's project. For instance, like we have Metropolis coming up in September. Um, like, you know, what what sort of upcoming changes to Ethereum are you guys like poised to like take advantage of or considering going forward? Uh, well, well, as for the projects, we are, yeah, obviously the most expected 
for us are uh, stages in Aragon, which uh, like yeah play direct role in our cooperation. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there, then as for Ethereum development, there should be a metropolis in uh, next month, which which will allow a few uh, interesting interesting features. I would say the most interesting for us is. Uh, that uh, contracts will be able to pay gas. So actually you will be, users will be able to make transactions and, and some contracts will be able to pay gas for them. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, this, this might be pretty interesting from a user experience perspective, you know, you don't really have to, uh, every time you want to submit something, you don't really have to, uh, you know, like make this transaction and everything. But yeah, it obviously has some drawbacks. Like you, you have to prevent uh, users from abusing it. But I think we can like make something from it, definitely. Excellent, excellent. So I'm glad you guys are like sort of like thinking about the future, which is basically kind of what I was trying to get a feel for. Um, you know, especially as it continues to scale and like gas prices hopefully like slowly become like less and less of a, of an overhead that you guys have to concern yourselves with. Um, you know, it, it, it really says a lot about the technical competency of, of these teams, you know, if they're looking forward to the future and looking at other ways they can optimize their contracts, you know? So, so I, th I think that's, I think that's great that you're looking forward. Um, I guess another question I would have for you all are, is, is in regards to um, like developer interests. If there if I, if there's a developer who's interested in like working on something and related to like uh, like like District Zero X, is there any way the individuals can come on board to assist you guys? Are you guys like looking for to hire anyone, or what's the deal with that? Oh yeah, we we're looking for developers like uh, actively now, uh, especially Closure Script developers because mm -hmm. yeah, District Zero X and Eastlands is written in Closure Script. Mm -hmm. uh, the same as status is. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, status is closure yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, we we are hiring. <laughs> okay. I mean, no. This was a chance. If you were saying, if, yeah, if you need any sort of specific type of developers, or I'm sure there's, we have a lot of really cool listeners. So, if you know, if you, if there were there anything uh, you wanted to shout out, feel free. Yeah, definitely. We are like Matt said, we're definitely looking for closure script developers, and we'll. Very, very quickly be looking for some other positions as well. Yeah, I would yeah. only imagine you guys would need some form of community manager managing some of your initial districts. Yeah, we're hoping to bring a community manager on board this week. We actually just hired a project manager, um, one of my former colleagues from Coinbase, Alexander. Oh, oh awesome. Um, so, yeah, we're bringing him on board as our project manager. Excited about that. Great. So, I, I, guess, I guess as far as uh, getting a little bit more information out of you guys, um, is there any sort of, like, tips or um, uh, advice that you could lend to the audience who are like, interested? Because you know, as of the past few weeks, there's been a lot of um, growing interest in ICOs and people outside of the traditional cryptocurrency um, industry that are like kind of lending an ear and saying, hey, like, how can I raise money? And how can I um, you know, utilize these systems to create an incentive for my user base? Right? So you guys have your upcoming ICOs coming up. What day is your ICO again? July 18th. July 18th. Excellent. Great. So you have your ICO coming up on July 18th. So what uh, what are some what are some advice you would give to a developer who's probably like preparing to give like an ICO themselves or interested in doing one? Like what is what is just like some I guess wisdom, eth wisdom from you guys? Uh, 
Yeah. So one thing that I would say is not to underestimate the like the planning and time that goes into really getting one of these off the ground. Um, I mean, it seems like we only really made our announcement, which we did only make our announcement about four weeks ago or so now. But I mean, Madison and I have been planning and working on this process now since since January, really. Um, like in terms of audits and, and the legal setup and all that sort of stuff, there's a it's uh, the process doesn't always go as smooth as you might hope. And um, yeah, be sure to give yourself plenty of time. Um, there's lots of great communities out there that are very very helpful. Um, Coin Fund is one specifically. Uh, Jake from Coin Fund is actually one of our advisors. Um, that's he runs a really good, good community. I think just like following along there and. And getting and seeing like feedback that others provide to projects is always a great way to to get a sense of what of like what people think is the right way to do things and give you ideas for how to go about things yourself. Um, we've very much been trying to track the the opinions of of some projects uh, in recent times. I mean, uh, if you guys have noticed, like the crowd sales have been getting pretty crazy, so yeah. everyone's okay. got everyone's <laughs> got pretty uh, distinct or pretty polarized opinions on these things. So, um, yeah, we've implemented some, some steps to, to hopefully quell some concerns about the management of funds, um, in the event, like for example, in the event that we were to raise the maximum amount of funding, we would actually allocate about $15 million of that to a stability reservoir, which would essentially be a, a price floor, um, that people could use to cash out at the, the exchange rate, um, that the, that the crowd sale ends at, uh, the, like for the next 12 months or 18 months, however long it takes to get auxiliary modules ready. Um, but yeah, so some steps like that we're looking at. But in terms of, yeah, what to, what to do, just keep an, keep an ear on the ground and listen to what the community thinks is the right thing to do. Speaking of, of um, token sales and ICO models, like we've, as we've kind of gone through the past, I'd say six or seven months has been the, the bulk of these different models. Uh, can you talk about how you're doing your ICO and the specifics of how it works? Yeah. So one thing, one of our key design decisions the whole the whole time has been to give ourselves some flexibility um, in the sense that we kind of don't think it's the greatest idea to do one sale and sell all your tokens in one sale. Because um, in like in the startup world, especially, I mean, how many, how often does a company start off on its initial path or with, with this initial funding plan and wind up? completing on that, um, there, there <laughs> rarely, rarely happens. So, um, we are giving ourselves the ability to do two future, two future rounds if necessary. Um, those would only be, those would be contingent on at least 18 months passing since the previous funding round. Um, the certain key milestones that we've laid out in our development roadmap would have to have been completed. And we also have a community multi-sig that will essentially approve whether or not we can we should be doing one of these uh, rounds. So some of the, I think uh, Gerard from Status, Jorge from um, Jorge from Aragon, George from We Trust, and Nadav from Dharma have uh, volunteered to help out with that. So they'll just um, basically like all of our all of our address and everything will be public uh, on transparency.districtzox.io. Um, always so like people will always be able to see our funding situation, so they can uh, sort of check out the picture and make an informed decision on whether or not we actually need to raise more funds. So, Oh, that's, uh, that's a really smart way to go about it. I like that. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, we'll have like a, a vesting schedule, of course. So tokens will vest over the course of two years. Um, 
Yeah, pretty pretty straightforward sale though. We didn't do any any third party allocations or whitelists. Um, we're going to set a gas price limit of 50 Gway, um, which we know is causing some polarized opinions. But at the end of the day, we kind of thought that it provides the the fairest opportunity for everyone to participate that really wants to, um, even with its downsides. So yeah, that's um, nothing too nothing too fancy. Just like I said, the ability to do two future rounds if necessary. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Joe. Um, I guess before we scoot out of here, um, is there anything that you would want to uh, leave our audience with in regards to your project, um, the upcoming token sale? Like, feel free to go go ahead and just go crazy with some plugs if you want to talk about your project. Yeah, definitely. So we actually have a couple ways for the community to get involved. Um, we have for the last few weeks now, we've been running a community advisor program, which Basically, all you need to do is join our Slack, come in and share your thoughts on our project, what we're building, give us some feedback, and we've been pretty liberal about passing out tokens to people. Um, I think we've already passed out, uh, have about 480 people who are due to get tokens after our sale. So um, good way to get involved there. And another thing that we've been uh, been really uh, pleasantly surprised by, uh, we implemented this district proposal process to, well, so after the first, so ETHLANS is the first district on the network. The next two planned is Name Bazaar, which is an ENS marketplace. Um, third one after that is Meme Factory, which is based on Simon de la Riviere's curation markets model, but will essentially be a hybrid of a rare Pepe wallet and uh, the subreddit Meme Economy, in the sense that people can come there and p- post post memes and tokenize them, and then to come and you can upvote them, which upvoting would essentially just be minting a, a, another token on this exponential pricing curve. Um, and then you could, if you had one of these tokens, you could cash out by just whatever, based on wherever you are on that curve. So it allows people the opportunity to make some memes and if they're, if they're good, get to uh, make some money. So we think that's pretty cool. But after that, we're going to allow the community to decide what, what districts they want to see us build next before the, uh, the creation interface is live. We're going to, we're planning to build at least five or six more districts in house. Um, so we've implemented this process for the community to propose districts, um, actually earn some tokens for their proposals, and then those will get the best ones as voted by the community get added to this carbon vote implementation that we have ready to go. Um, as soon as tokens are distributed after they are sale, people will be able to use this carbon vote implementation to signal for what districts they want to see us build next. So. Um, yeah, if you want to get involved, come check us out at district zero X zero as in the number zero um, dot IO uh, our Slack. There's a link to that on there. Join up there. Come say hi. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you. Here. I was going to go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one more question. The zero X thing, um, district zero X. And then there's like the zero X protocol is zero X going to be like the I for the iPhone thing for all the Apple shit. <laughs> are we just gonna see zero x everything because i just want i just want to know ahead of time so i can buy some domains <laughs> well i mean all of you imagine to start with zero x of course um so we were kind of thinking about a name that um sort of described what we we're trying to build here in district that was a was just a term that stuck with us but the term district itself isn't uh, it's kind of boring <laughs> so we're, uh, like the movie District Nine, I thought that was a catchy movie title. Try to think of, <laughs> try to think of a way to incorporate the, the Ethereum ad, an Ethereum address into there. So Zero X was the obvious choice. 
That's great. That's great. I love that movie. Now I like the name even more now. And I'm also, <laughs> actually, side note, I'm really upset that I haven't seen a sequel to District 9 yet. There's a sequel? Um, there's not one yet. That's the oh, problem. Okay. I understand. It's been so long. It was such a great movie. But we're getting off topic. <laughs> 9.1 or how would that work? Yeah, I don't know. They, or they could do like District 8.9, you know, like right before they came. Or like, you know, that, who knows, man? Like District I, Next. District Next. Yeah. Well, these are the things people care about, I'm sure. So <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and just like scoot out of here. So, so thank you, Mattis. Thank you, Joe, for taking the time to come on the show with us today and, and share with us the knowledge on District Zero X. And um, hopefully our audience members will tune into your website, uh, check out your check out your white paper and take a gander at that ICO when it comes along. Thank you very much for having us, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No problem, guys. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Zcash. Zcash is a public blockchain with security and privacy at the center of its mission. Zcash utilizes cutting-edge zero-knowledge proofs to enable real cash-like privacy for your internet-related transactions. Zcash believes privacy can be compatible with social values and with good regulation and law enforcement. They wish to use their science-driven approach to ensure a privacy-first future when building next-generation applications atop of a public blockchain. Zcash has strong governance with checks and balances to ensure its long-term growth, possessing both an open, inclusive, strong community thanks to the Zcash company, its founder's CEO, Duco Wilcox at the helm, and Zcash Foundation, boasting members like Naval Ravikant from AngelList. Zcash provides another robust vision for bringing private payments to the internet. To learn more, check out the links in the show notes description below. With my dogs, I just add to the kennel. Jeff Gordon of the game, got my foot on the pedal. Fundamentals in my mind, I'm true to what I do. I'm a win, 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 celebrated with the crew. We gon' win, 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 celebrate it again. Always knew I'd be a winner ever since I was 10. Appreciate what I do, cause we dope as hell. We just do what we love and we hope.